everyone. It's April, and today is a very exciting day. Miss Tony is out here in Los Angeles, and she's here at my house today. Um, I am. We have to be um, in separate rooms because we got to be on different phones and stuff. But Tony, you're here! Yay! I'm here. I'm here. It's wonderful. Wonderful. Seeing yeah, she got to see and, and she animals. got to see Guinness again. We thought last year would be the last time you'd see him, but here he is. He's still here. I know he's doing good. He's doing very good. Well, I have some things to report. The um little puppy, Miss Marple, has got her cast off. At long last, a very long, excruciating eight weeks, eight Sundays, where I had to drive around Palmdale and amuse myself for like six hours while they checked her. They had to put her under a twilight, and then it took her an hour and a half to get out. So every Sunday for the past eight weeks, I've been in Palmdale, which is not a real exciting place to be, (laughs) and tried to amuse myself with a book or something. Uh, because it's an hour drive each way, and with gas, the price that it, that it is and everything, what didn't make sense to drive all the way there or drive all the way home. So she's out of the cast, and she can't mix with the other two little dogs just yet. Um, the doctor would like her to get a little stronger with that foot before they start roughhousing and stuff, because that's what they like to do. So they're separate. I've been playing musical dogs. Um, they take turns, whoever gets to be on the floor. But I have to tell you, little Miss Marple's face, she's so happy. She, I think she thought she was going to be like that forever. And I kind of thought she was going to be like that forever. But I can see her. She walks around. She's tentatively walking. Um, it's like any other broken foot kind of thing, you know, that, that you lose muscle mass when not using something. And she's getting her strength back, and I just can't be more pleased. It was it was worth the eight weeks. At the time, it was a struggle, and but she's just she's a perfect little thing, and I'm so glad I have her. Um, now I got three little puppies, and I still have Mr. G, and I still have eight cats. So we're a full house over here. And who's watching your puppies in Maine while you're out here, Tony? Rachel, my niece. Ah. Rachel. Okay. Yeah. So good. Out here. You well, know, yeah, they don't have to worry. They don't, aren't changing where they're at and everything. It's like everything continues for them as usual. Yeah. And she's very good with them. You know, I don't have to worry about a thing. So, oh, that's such a relief. Yeah. That I, mean, I haven't been relief. either, you know, to come out cool. here at all. Oh, yeah, we're right. Right. Well, good. Well, we're going to be probably playing Scrabble or something later on. I mean, where we have those vicious Scrabble games. I did find my game in case we want to do that. You better look out. (laughs) Anyways, I'm going to go get Veronica because I know she wants to come and answer these questions. And you go ahead and talk to our audience, and I'll go shuffle off the buffalo myself today. Okay, bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. And uh, we've got some good questions, and I always say that, but we do. 
And I always encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. And that's I-N-N-E-R whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, Yes, we are. Good day to you. Good day to you. Our first question is coming from Perry. If your guides come in at the first sign of awareness, when does the soul enter into the incarnate? Well, we are asked this question a lot. It's different. It, there's Again, there's not a standard answer to this. And we realize while being in the linear, you want standardization. Um, that's kind of part of the linear experience. But the soul comes in at different times. There are some souls who come in because they want to experience the whole thing from inception on to the birth. There are some that don't want to do that. That Maybe they have incarnated so many times they don't want to go through the process, so they don't come in until the last second, right before the birthing process. It's not, um, it's not that difficult, we think, for most to understand that the soul has its agenda. The soul has things it wants to do. And it may not be a standard answer. The awareness comes when the soul and the embryo connect for the first time. And that's when awareness happens. It's different again for everyone. And the guides come in as soon as they know that the soul and the biology have to, and are now working as a team. That's when a guide will come in. But it's not based upon when the soul comes in. It's based upon awareness when they are totally connected. Okay. And next question is coming from Mike. Are our personality trails similar in each incarnation? Or do they change with respect to enrollment? Um, can't read your writing. Veronica. Circumstance. And what we hope to accomplish in that individual life. Hmm. Your personality. Your personality stays the same. You are who you are. You can come in and have a different name. You can be male. You can be female. But your personality and the way you look out of your eyes and your energy remain the same. So... It doesn't change by circumstance. It doesn't change by the environment. Um, and it doesn't really change by what you hope to accomplish. You are who you are. Your focus may change, but the energy stays the same. And that is why you can often recognize souls when you meet up with them. You look at them and you go, I know you. And It's because the same personality, the same energy is looking back at you in a new life and not a different life, but a new life. And it becomes something that you understand completely that it's the person that you've known before. So, no, it doesn't change. You are who you are and it remains the same. 
the accoutrements change, the costumes change, and some of the dramatics change. But you stay the same. Okay. Our next question is coming from Lydia. Can we heal the pain and grief we may have caused and suffered in other lives? Yes. A lot of times there is balance that happens. Let's say you have a life where it didn't go well. Maybe you turned to the dark side. Maybe you perpetrated some deeds that weren't exactly positive. And you caused a lot of suffering not only to yourself but to others. When you come into a new life, it is a grand opportunity to be able to fix and balance energy. And many times when you come in after a life where you didn't do so well, filled with ambition and focus to make changes, and you spend the whole life balancing out the imbalance that you brought in with you. It happens all the time. And it is possible to heal up past mistakes, past dramatics. It is possible. But it takes a lot of work and a lot of focus, and it's usually older souls that do that because they're more experienced with the environment. But it can be done and is done very, very often. Okay. Um, our next question is from Paula. Can a cat who has passed on occasionally come back through the remaining pet dog for a visit? Oh, absolutely. When an animal crosses over, let's say you have a cat and a dog. This person has a koala. You have a cat and a dog, and if that cat crosses over, that cat is very familiar with that dog, and highly likely they made an agreement before the cat passed to say, I want to come in and say goodbye or something. You'll let me in, right? And animals are friends. Animals know each other very well. And nine times out of ten, they're going to say yes. So your question, Paula, yes. Let's say the cat crosses over. And the next day, the dog starts exhibiting some behavior that's kind of reminiscent of the cat. And many will say, oh, well, they're, you know, they're just, it's like a little, they're, they're, they're helping each other. And it's like, no. What happens is, is that the cat decided that she wanted to come back to say goodbye or she might not be quite ready to move on, and she wants to hang out just a little bit longer to stabilize herself and make her journey that much easier. It happens all the time. And, yes, it can jump species. We think that there was also a time where we think the April Crawford had a dog. She loved dearly. Slept on a pillow in the living room. She couldn't throw the pillow away because, the dog had just crossed and it was just a little too painful. So she left the pillow on the floor. She also left the door open one day and one of her huge tortoises came in the next day and laid down on the pillow. A big tortoise who shouldn't know what a pillow is came in and laid down and watched television with the April Prophet. The dog was in the tortoise. And the dog wanted to come back and say thank you and goodbye. And that's what the dog did. It happens all the time. So we think if you do have such a situation that happens, pay attention. Because the animal community is very adept at moving into other species 
and coming back to say goodbye. And we think all of you who have lost a pet and are in deep grief about it would find it fascinating and very comforting to know that the energy of the little said cat that passed over is still alive and still energetically moving about. That continuance can bring a lot of comfort to you if you allow it to come in. So pay attention when something like that happens because we pretty much can guarantee you're going to have some kind of movement between the animals that you have left. Oh, Veronica, that is our last question. And if you'd like to take a break and come back and give the message to the world. Excuse me. All right. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to the show today. Uh, Perry, Michael, and Lydia, Paula had great questions. And, you know, I always encourage you to write in to innerwhisperradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. So, here we are, another day, another opportunity, another moment can either bring joy or despair. We highly suggest that all of you focus on the joy, how even even if it's a tiny little thing, take a hold of it and grow it. All of you have joy in you somewhere. Some may argue the point and say, oh, I haven't been joyful for a hundred years. Well, that's because you've chosen it. Decide that you're going to have joy in your life and grab every little morsel of it that you can. Plant the seeds and allow them to grow in the garden of your life. It is possible. Seek out the good in everyone and everything. And sometimes you're going to have to search a long time to find it, but it's there. And mostly go internal whenever you can. We know we say this a lot, but go internal. Because each of you have a little flame, a little spark of joy in you. You need to find it and plant it in your garden. It will grow. And then focus upon it. When bad things happen, and bad things happen to everyone, decide that you're not going to let it destroy the spark of joy that's in you. Decide that you're going to choose to nurture that joy, even in the darkest moments, nurture it, and then focus upon it. By finding your joy every day, even if it's a tiny little moment, a minute, you found it, and you're going to use it and implement it and grow more. It's your responsibility to cultivate your joy. You can't let anyone take it away from you. You plant it and you allow it to grow and expand. You can do it. And decide that that's where you want to put your focus. Now, there's plenty of negative stuff going on. And if you want to attach to that, it's pretty easy. Rise up to the challenge of finding the joyful moment, the peaceful moment, the harmonious moment. It might be more difficult, but in the end, it is what will sustain you and help you evolve and help you move into higher levels in the eternal moment. So start planting and cultivating. It's time. Thank you, Veronica. 
And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. We'll be back with you next week with more questions. And until then, April and I are going to go play a hot game of Scrabble. Until next week, bye-bye.